Today's reading is from Psalm 86, a prayer of David. Hear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am devoted to you. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. In the day of my trouble, I will call to you, for you will answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvellous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name for ever, for great is your love towards me. You have delivered me from the depths of the grave. I wonder what lockdown has been like for you. Many people feel like it's been a period of waiting. Maybe you still feel that it's a period of waiting. Waiting for the next set of government guidelines. Waiting for news of jobs or school openings or reunions with family and friends. Waiting for news on shops opening, businesses, leisure activities, holidays. So much waiting. But some people have learned new things in the waiting. DIY, learning to do things around the home they never thought they could do. Gardening, learning to look after the lawn and the plants, discovering a new love of the outdoors. Creative ways of passing time, helping key workers and offering services and time to great causes. Homeschooling, discovering new talents in Zoom and other online activities that keep us in touch learning cooking skills, taking up daily exercise, be that a walk or a run, or even just watching something like Joe Wicks online. All these things that weren't a thing before. But one thing that is a thing, that has always been a thing, that's always been there, that's always been constant, is God's love. God's in the business of changing hearts and growing his kingdom whether we're in lockdown or not, whether we're waiting for restrictions to be lifted or not, whether we're self-isolating, working from home, furloughed, doing Zoom meetings instead of meeting personally. Whatever we're doing while we're waiting for our lives to get back on track, God is still at work and God is still interested in you and me and in our families and in our communities. Many of us have cleaned out a cupboard, tidied a room, redecorated, organised stuff while we've been waiting. You know, the stuff that you've left for a rainy day. Maybe you've cleared something out. Maybe you've just a drawer or maybe just a kitchen cupboard. But I wonder how many of us have had a spiritual clear out. 
thing is, many of us might have found this a really difficult time. And the waiting for better days, for more contact with loved ones or social interaction with others, that longing for reconnection with hobbies and sports, working back in the workplace instead of working at home alone, waiting for these things has been very, very testing. And we may well be aware of the emotional and the physical impact that these challenges have brought upon us, that these last few months have forced upon us. But how aware are we of the impact on us spiritually? The psalmist in our reading, David, he calls to God and asks God to answer him because he is poor and needy. He goes on to ask God to save him, to hear his prayer, to listen to his cry for mercy in the day of his trouble. How many of us have felt poor and needy in these troubling days? You might have experienced poor health, mentally or physically. Poor social interaction and you're feeling deficient in human contact or human support. A hug, a touch. You might be in need of financial help or emotional help. There are many things that you might be in need of right now. But we can take comfort from this psalm that it's okay to bring all these troubles before God. David goes on to acknowledge that God is forgiving and abounding in love to all who call on him. David trusts in God and he calls on him. And it says in verse 3, all day long. We need to understand that God takes great pleasure in answering us and forgiving us. And all that we need to do is reach out like David did. These have been unprecedented times. And I'd be really surprised if you haven't at some point felt in need. I know I have. But David not only gives us comfort that we can come to God with our troubles and with our desperate needs. He also gives us hope that God will answer us when we come to him. And not only that, we can be encouraged by David to ask God to show us then how to respond. David, having been through really difficult times and troubles, reached a place where he could reach out to God and ask for help. Then, acknowledging God's greatness and his faithfulness, he asked God to teach him God's way and to give him an undivided heart. He then says that he will praise and glorify God with all his heart. David checked the state of his heart and he asked God for an undivided one. I think this is our starting point for our response. But what does an undivided heart look like for us? Many will remember dissecting an animal's heart in biology at school. When you looked at the inner workings of the heart, the valves and the arteries, but the heart and all that is within it has one purpose, one aim, one single focus. And that is to pump blood around the body and to keep the body alive. If we dissected our hearts spiritually, 
I wonder what we would discover. As Christians, would we find one purpose, one single focus, one aim, i.e. to live a life pleasing to God? I think an undivided heart means a single-minded heart. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. David asks God to teach him how to walk in God's truth, to give him an undivided heart so that he may fear the Lord's name and praise him and glorify him, so that he can have one purpose, one single focus, one aim, to live a life pleasing to God. So if we ask for God's help in the same way as David did, what does an undivided heart look like for us? How can we acknowledge, like David did, God's mercy, his forgiveness, his abounding love, his faithfulness? How can we rise up from these difficult times and once again walk in God's truth and praise and glorify him on our front lines? Angela Guzman, a writer for um, an internet Christianity website, said the ultimate lesson and bigger picture that encompasses this entire psalm is our great needs should drive us to pray to the great God who alone can deliver us. God is the only one who has control over the world that we live in. No matter how hard we wish, the Lord is the only one who can really provide us with the strength and the hope to get to where we yearn to be. Once we all learn to put God first, then everything else will fall into place. All in all, God is the key to everything. Before the lockdown and the coronavirus outbreak, you might have considered life to be okay. You might not have felt in need particularly, and you might not like how life has changed. On the other hand, you may have felt life was a constant rush, a constant struggle, a constant source of worry. And you might now quite like how life has changed. The thing is, we can all be affected by change. The difficult circumstances and the changes to what we consider as to be our daily normal life and our normal routines. That increasing uncertainty, replacing stability and occasional worries over finances and health and family now becoming daily difficulties. As I said earlier, God is in the business of changing hearts and growing his kingdom. He was before the lockdown, he is during the lockdown and he yet still will be as we emerge from the lockdown and slowly pick up the pieces. God has never been and will not be ever in lockdown. God wants us to get back into the business of learning how to put him first so that we can live out his love in our homes, with our families and on our front lines. God wants us to come to him with all our needs, recognising his faithfulness like David did. And he wants us to check the state of our hearts in response to him. I want to explore three ways we might do that. Firstly, loving God with all our heart. Deuteronomy 6, 
verse 5 says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. We need to consider the state of our heart if we're to love God with all of it. If you drew a picture of your heart on a piece of paper and I asked you to write in it all the things you love, I wonder what you'd put in it. Family, friends, home, memories, holidays, hobbies, even work. I wonder, would you write God? Would there be any space left to put God? Maybe you wrote God down first. Maybe you didn't. The point is, as Christians, we're called to love God with all our heart. If our hearts are crammed full of all the other things that we love, how much room is there left for God? God calls us to love him first, putting him first with all our heart. That's not to say that all the other things aren't important, because of course they are. But we need to prioritise. We need to set our devotions right. We need to decide what's most important. Moses received the Ten Commandments from God to pass on to the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And in chapter 6, he's explaining to them what God had told him on Mount Sinai. And he says to the people of Israel that they must love the Lord God with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their strength. And they must keep the commandments upon their hearts, impressing them on their children, talking about them all the time at home, walking down the road when they go to bed, when they get up. Why? Well, verse 25 says... If we are careful to obey all this law before our Lord God, as he has commanded, that will be our righteousness. And as it was for the Israelites, if we love the Lord our God with all our heart, we will be put right with God too. That's what righteousness means, being put right with God. If we love God with all our hearts, we will be put right with him. Can you, do you, love God with all your heart? Secondly, seeking God with all our heart. Jeremiah 29 verses 12 to 14 say this. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart I will be found by you, declares the Lord. When you play hide and seek and it's your turn to find someone, you're focused, you're single-minded, you're looking for the hidden person. Nothing gets in your way. You want to win the game and you want to find the person that's hiding. You won't stop until you do. God doesn't play games with us like that, but we do have to seek him out. We do have to be purposeful in finding him. We've got to be intentional. Seeking God and finding him where he may be found means concentrating our hearts and searching for him wholeheartedly. Why? Verse 13 says, You will seek me 
and find me when you seek me with all your heart. If we seek him with all our heart, we will find God. Can you, do you, seek God with all your heart? Thirdly, following God with all our heart. Matthew 26 verse 24 says this. Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to come with me, you must forget yourself, carry your cross and follow me. Many of us have followed something or someone at some point in our lives. A favourite pop or rock band, a celebrity that we aspire to or a famous chef or a writer, a sports person. The list is endless. Social media is a really good current way of following people. Instagram being the example. You don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. You don't need to exert, well, any effort really in following your famous person. Jesus had many followers during his ministry, but they weren't armchair followers. People actually physically followed him. He still has many, many followers 2,000 and more years later. But it's not enough as Christians today to say that we're followers of Jesus if our lives don't demonstrate it. When Jesus was asked by the Pharisees what the greatest commandment was, in other words, what's the most important thing God wants us to do, Jesus himself quoted from the words of Moses, to love your, the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus himself points us back to loving God with all our hearts, with all of our being. And hence, following Jesus means commitment, determination, being all out for him, being single-minded, having a single-minded heart. Following Jesus isn't the easy option, but it's the most amazing journey that you will ever go on. Why? Well, John 8 verse 12 says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If we follow Jesus with all our heart, we'll never walk in darkness and we will know what it is to have life in all its abundance, to have God's hope, his grace, his forgiveness, his mercy, his abounding love. You see, loving God, seeking him and following him all come from one place. They come from the heart. We need to check the state of our hearts and ask God, like David did, for an undivided one. A heart that is all out for God. Psalm 27 verse 14 tells us to wait on the Lord, to be of good courage and he, God, will strengthen our hearts. David goes on to say that he will praise God with all his heart and glorify his name forever. The outward expression of the state of his heart. With strengthened hearts, we too can be like David and demonstrate how good God is to us and how amazing he is by praising him and glorifying his name.
recognising how he has been so faithful to us, helping us to show his love on our front lines, bringing the hope of Jesus to our families and friends, to our work colleagues and our neighbours. In these strange and uncertain times, we can challenge ourselves to have a spiritual clear out, to check the state of our hearts and to ask God to teach us his ways and to help us to put him first. He will renew us, he will strengthen us, he will deliver us, he'll forgive us if we love and seek and follow him with all our hearts. During this time of waiting, while the whole world waits for better days, a vaccine for the virus, lifted restrictions, normality, while our communities wait to get back on track, while we wait for home life and work life and family life to return. Let's look to God, the creator of the universe, to hear our cries, to answer our needs, to give us undivided hearts so that we can give thanks to him for all he has done and to praise him, glorifying his name with all our hearts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing, abounding love and grace and we ask that you give us your undivided attention. We, Lord, want from you all that you can give us, but we are going to ask that you will show us, Lord, how to have undivided hearts. We want to be able to praise you with all our being and show others that you are a God of love and a God of grace and a God of hope. In the silence now, we commit ourselves to you, Lord. Amen. Oh,